Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Nevin Martell is because Nevin was part of our February 29th, 2020 live show. And uh, it was our last live show of 2020. So what I'm doing throughout the month of March, it's catching up with most everyone that was part of that marathon show. Nevin is an excellent uh, food and travel writer. I've known him for a long time, which you'll see is a theme for a lot of these shows. And he's one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to parenting issues because he's been a parent longer than I have. But he doesn't um, he doesn't talk about parenting in a way that annoys me in any way <laughs> or uh, that I find off-putting. And this was true well before I had a kid. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Something I don't enjoy doing is letting you know that there's a Patreon account for you, me, them, everybody. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody.com. It's on our about page. It's in this podcast description. Here's Nevin. How are you? Hanging in there, man. Like the kitten on the limb in the middle of a hurricane meets a shitstorm meets a monsoon. You know, um, we're doing okay, man. I don't want to ever complain during all of this because, you know, we have so many things to be grateful for. Uh, and there are so many people that are just so badly off uh, over the course of the pandemic. But, you know, real talk. I mean, like some days are definitely better than others. And, uh, I definitely sometimes feel my sanity slipping away. Um, but how, how are you and your family? We're fine-ish. I mean, I, I feel the exact same way. And I think that I am at a slightly better spot in life than you, not because mm-hmm. of anything other than to deal with my son's age. And he's now 19 months. And yeah. he's, still, he's still not in school. He's in daycare. And it's like... Mm-hmm. It's only three hours a day and it's all that stuff. And that's a huge difference. And so you don't have that luxury. You have someone whose years are way, I'm not saying more important, but in terms of interaction, quite possibly more important. I clearly don't know. No, definitely. And I mean, it was a godsend because last uh, October he started going back to school in a hybrid model Mm -hmm. that opened the in a all virtual model and then quickly moved to a hybrid model and having them there, you know, at first four days a week and then they moved to five days a week, always half days. So it's three or so hours in yeah. the morning, lunch break uh, at home. And then they do virtual learning for the rest of the day. Uh, just having them back there was just such a huge relief for all of us and such a huge kind of just benefit for him because I mean, the whole spring virtual learning session was just soul crushing and heartbreaking and incomprehensible for him. And I know millions of other kids, um, especially because he's a singleton. So he didn't have a sibling that he could kind of hang out with or be in a pod with. And all of our friends live outside the neighborhood. All the kids in our neighborhood are like on the younger side, you know, just a couple years old. So he didn't really have anyone his age that was like around and about to kind of hang out with. And, um, you know, we tried our hardest, you know, I took him to Rock Creek and other outdoor places as much as I could. And, you know, we tried doing stuff together at home uh, or kind of safely outside as a family. But I mean, nothing beats like having like hours on the playground with your friends every day, Mm -hmm. five days a week and being able to see friends on the weekends for sports, social activities, you know, the birthday party circuit died a a very quick death. Yeah. Uh, So there was none of that. And so, you know, to have him back in school has been huge. I mean, there's just been such a sea change in him. And then because of that, such a sea change in my wife and I, because, you know, it's really hard to watch your kid go through something like that. And even though you're doing the best you can, 
you know, it's not near enough to what needs to be done. And you're just watching him just get crushed and crushed and crushed. And, you know, just think about it for us. Like, you know, we're thinking like, okay, there might be another year to this, um, you know, for a kid, an eight-year-old kid, a year, you might as well just say a bazillion, gazillion, jillion, yeah. infinity years. Yeah. Because they have no concept of time and, you know, already a huge chunk of their, he's eight. So an eighth of his life has been spent on lockdown, which, you know, uh, and, and, you know, to be fair, he wasn't really, he has no memories really of anything before the age of like five or six. Sure. So pretty much like half of his life has been on lockdown. So there was the life that he knew and then the, the life that there is. And, you know, to not be able to give him even like a tenth of that, um, you know, for his socio-emotional health, for his learning all of that it's it's just really um you know it's really frustrating and depressing as a parent and um you know it's heartbreaking for everybody and so to have him back in school has been huge long story short and um you know that's been a real boon for my wife and i and also because it gives us like three hours a day yeah. five days a week and kind of concentrate on stuff that we need to do or at the very least sit in my basement office and record podcasts with yeah. buddies <laughs> well it's this thing where my kid didn't even start until February. So it's been a month. Oh, wow. Right? And he's wow. only had one full week because of snow days. <laughs> Dude, snow days. Fuck snow days. <laughs> I have always hated snow days in the district. There is all, almost every snow day we've ever had has been, been total BS. Um, at least now, like they just move it to a virtual day of mm -hmm. learning rather than a snow day. But we did have one honest snow day. They gave us an honest snow day a few weeks ago when it snowed. And it was fun. I mean, you know, we tried to make it feel like a real snow day, you know, hot cocoa and mm -hmm. going sledding and the whole nine. But um, yeah, don't even get me started with snow days in the district, man. I'm from central New York. I mean, like, we've literally never had a snow day short of like snowmageddon, snow apocalypse mm -hmm. that from where I grew up in central New York would have even been considered for a snow day, much less taken preemptively. Um, it's the preemptive snow days that just, yeah. you know, at eight o'clock the night before. Due to the, you know, the expected uh, precipitation, we're going to go ahead and cancel. And you wake up the next morning and it's like, I think I saw a crocus coming up over there. Like, I'm pretty sure the sun is shining. There's no black ice. There's no snow in the air. Ah. Anyway, that's just a pet peeve. We could spend, you know, hours talking just about that. So you better take me off this tangent. I don't think I ever had as many snow days as other kids because on for better or worse, I went to Catholic school my entire life and they run differently. Mm -hmm. So occasionally the public high schools would be closed. And I remember that the bus couldn't take us to school, but I still had to try to get to school. So I took, uh, in terms of DC uh, location, it's like getting from, let's say, Silver Spring to Anacostia. So it's not difficult to do. And in theory, you should be able to do it with just like essentially two straight lines. But the way the system is sprayed out, it's like going from Silver Spring to Georgetown to Anacostia. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I had to go from like oh from like essentially Midway Airport to Oak Park, Illinois, which is not that far, but I had to take two trains to get to school. And I remember calling from a payphone in the loop being like, Is there is it open? And they're like, Yeah, we're open. You need to get here now. <laughs> but all the other high schools were closed. It's neither here nor there. The reason why I mentioned um any of this is because you mentioned your kid is a singleton. Do you wish he wasn't at this point? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I really do. And, um, you know, my wife certainly would have loved to have had a second child. There are times that I've really wanted a second child. There's definitely been a lot of times that my son has wanted, you know, a sibling. Um, 
you know, I saw a lot of people making babies during the pandemic. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, I'm 46, though, and my wife is 42. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a little bit more of a different calculation for us at this point in the game. Um, but, you know, we had thought about having two. And if we had had two, I don't think I think it might have been better in terms of his um, just his emotional health and are all in his sanity though to be honest like parenting slash educating two kids virtually yeah during all this um you know especially you know different grade levels maybe different institutions um or like you know getting one to daycare one to sit at the kitchen kitchen table and do their work i mean you know there are there are downsides uh to that equation too but um i think i do think that we probably would have benefited from having uh, a second kid uh, during this time. Um, you know, I love kids. I've loved being a dad, um, you know, for all the, the downsides that I just mentioned, I'm sure I would have reveled much more in the upsides of all of it. Um, that being said, we are going to finally join the throngs of people that are getting a dog. <laughs> so we, 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 are, we will be getting, adding someone new to the family, albeit a canine. Um, you know, a pandemic pup. Yeah. You know, I think was the best we ended up being able to do on that front. <laughs> I'm not so. that dissimilar in terms of age. I'm 38 and my kid's 19 months. So it's not that div- different than what you guys are in. It's just, were you always freelance since your son's been born? Yeah, I've been pre, uh, I've been freelance since 2010. Okay. Uh, which has been it has been a real boon, to be honest. How so? Um, you know, uh, well, I mean, before all this, it was uh, a real boon uh, in terms of being a parent, just having the flexibility and um, the adaptiveness, which I think you really kind of need. Um, that has been a boon in general. It's been really hard during the pandemic, I won't lie. I mean, you know, my business, you know, basically just went away mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, but, uh, you know, there's been benefits to it even during the pandemic in the sense that, you know, I've been able to take care of my family in, in a way that other people who are trying to like zoom work have not, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I have been able to spend a lot of time with my son that I wouldn't have normally had a chance to do, which I've really, really loved and appreciated. You know, we've done a lot of great kind of outdoor backwoods adventures and um you know really just got a chance to spend the quality time that uh you know i loved as a kid and i and i know my my son loves even though sometimes it's not under the it was not under the best of circumstances Mm -hmm. um but um it, it, it was difficult in the sense that like you know as of like last march like the world stopped needing food and travel writers for the most part um you know i was able to eke out or I am able to eke out some work on the food writing front uh, a lot less than I used to, um, but some, and it's coming back a little bit more, which is nice. Travel writing is not really a thing, at least not right now. You know, written a few stories that are kind of more about the business or not, but just not kind of travel stories as yeah. I used to write. Um, and pa- parenting stories, which is something I also used to write about, you know, a lot of it's like pandemic focused. And to be honest, I just didn't have the headspace for it sure. last year. I just couldn't, you know, I didn't want to read all the parenting stuff and I didn't feel like I had anything to contribute because I thought it would just, you know, it just made me feel more depressed and more um, kind of disconnected from 
the reality that we've all <laughs> come to know and love and take for granted. So when your son yeah. asks you what you do or yeah, or when he's telling his friends, what does my dad do? What do you, what does he say? Uh, he says that, you know, dad is a, is a, is he's a photographer. Okay. You know, he's a writer. Um, you know, he says photographer cause he sees the pictures on yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and I'm like, I'm a writer first and foremost, uh, a passionate photographer for my, whatever assignments I can get second most. And, um, you know, and, and, and he also thinks of me as a cook slash okay. baker. So, um, that, I'd say that's how probably he describes me to his friends. His friends probably have a, the most strangest conception uh, of what I do for a living and probably qu- haven't quite figured out what the business model is. Yeah. So, Sefer's dad cooks and takes pictures of food and writes <laughs> about his food for a living. I don't know how that works. Like we eat food and dad doesn't get paid for it in my house. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, I would guess how he describes me. I, I think I'm having a lot of, I've always had a very uh, fragile sense of, um, tying my employment to my identity, right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And what I tend to love to do isn't usually what pays the bills, right? So it's this weird thing <laughs> where, like, I don't, I never wanted to have a kid, ever, ever, ever wanted to have a kid without a job, right? And then mm-hmm. once that's taken away, once that goes away, you're like, did I screw my kid over forever? Because now, like, I'm, I'm doing the thing that I always said I wouldn't do. And it doesn't matter if whose fault it is. It's the reality of it, right? So it's this weird thing where, like, it doesn't matter how if you're happy doing what you're doing if you can't pay the bills. This is So I guess where I'm going with this is, did you ever feel like you weren't providing your son with a sense of identity for yourself when he had to explain it to his friends? Or were you always confident to go, like, no, 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 this is my job. I've been doing this at this point for a decade or 11 years freelance. This is who I am. You know, I've done a lot of thinking about that very question, Brandon, over the last year because, well, sure, because I, you know, I thought that I had diversified my life enough that I could always make a comfortable living doing what I wanted to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I expanded into doing live food events with the New Kitchens on the Block series. Uh, So in case the writing took a dip, you know, there were live events to kind of bolster the budget. Um, And then I watched everything that I had kind of worked for slip away last year and you know, I thank God that my wife has a steady job, a good job as a lawyer that she's able to do from home, the safety of our home. And, um, but it has been really demoralizing because, you know, I knew it was, I've always known it was a privilege to do what I do for a living in the sense that just in the very sense that I got to choose what I did as a way to make money. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was doing it in a smart way that ensured that, it wasn't just a privilege for me, but I was also ensuring the financial safety of and, and health of my family in the process. Like I, um, and, you know, and I thought that it was on an incline. Like I thought that, you know, I was on the up and the up and that, uh, you know, I would be building, you know, year over year, um, you know, slowly but surely, like, you know, never planned to become a millionaire, always planned to just do enough to, keep my family financially sound and healthy and for us to do the things that we need and want to do, uh, you know, within reason. Um, and, uh, it's been really demoralizing because, <laughs> you know, like I said, I thought I had done a good job of diversifying and I feel so badly for my friends that are just freelance journalists and who really watch their careers, take a nosedive, um, 
because there wasn't something else that they could step into. Uh, you know, even when things do start coming back, it'll be a really long haul for freelance journalists. I mean, so many places have closed up shops, so many places have, you know, moved most of their assignments to in-house teams, so many places have cut their rates. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be a tough landscape to go back to as a as an independent journalist, which is not to say that it's not going to be possible. But what was already a hard business to make a living in is going to be exponentially harder. Um, and, you know, I've had to ask myself whether that is something I can go back to realistically um, or whether I am going to have to figure out something else to do for a living or some things else to do for a living. Um, and that's uh, that's like I said, that's that's demoralizing too, because when I made the decision to become a freelancer, the rule always was like, you know, I would do it in a way that made enough money. And if I didn't, I would have to do something else. That mm -hmm. was the rule that I made for myself that my wife insisted that I make um, because I can't just do something because I love it. It has to be something that provides as well. And so, you know, to be honest, I'm, I feel like I'm at kind of a crossroads um, about what I'm going to do going forward. Um, and I'm not quite sure what that'll be, which is also <laughs> a little demoralizing and frightening. Um, because when I first decided to do this, I didn't have a kid. Yeah. I had a wife to take care of. We didn't have a mortgage. We were renting. Now the responsibilities are um, financially and otherwise are much, much higher. And, uh, you know, I there's not some of the kind of wiggle room, if you will, that I used to have. So, um, so yeah, so I've been having some kind of serious thoughts about what the next chapter might be. Um, how about yourself? Are you, what are you thinking of as you look forward as, you know, as a professional? Oh yeah. That's the exact same thing. It's like, yeah. Same thing. And I, my backup was always bartending. Cause like, that's what I did. Yeah in Chicago like I was a bartender and I really liked it and it was never my dream but I was able to work on my dream whilst I bartended because I had yep. a girlfriend in an apartment and not a kid in a mortgage and that's the major difference and also once you have that kid you can't do bartendering COVID uh, carefully yeah. or to me reasonably it's just not possible can you be a bartender absolutely is yeah. it safe not nearly as safe as not bartending <laughs> so, so true. It's this weird thing where I also think that once it is safe for someone like me to bartend, that the jobs that I had or the opportunities that I had will also be there. So it's like you said, it's going to be well. So yeah, I'm definitely applying for places that I otherwise wouldn't have, and I'm overqualified for the majority of things that I'm applying for. And I know I'm also shooting myself in the foot when I ask, um, when people ask interview questions of like, well, what are you afraid of? It's like fucking nothing. Nothing is scary anymore. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what, are you going to like take my kid? That's the only thing that's scary. Like that's so like, yeah, me interviewing or having to deal with X, Y, or Z in a corporate structure is not frightening at all. Right. And I, that's very off putting to a lot of people. Now out of curiosity, like I know that the very environment wouldn't be frightening, but like, how would you feel about for lack of a better it's like going straight and being in a more you know streamlined environment uh that i'm sure that you're used to in terms of your schedule dress code you know code of conduct <laughs> oh fine so, you know what i mean like is that is that all okay with you a hundred percent yeah yeah i don't care the at all like i went like i said i went to catholic school that didn't mean i liked it 
No, I could do. Like, I'm not afraid of any of that. None of that is yeah. scary. I get it. Cor- I get corporate culture. I know how to shut the hell up. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally fine with that. It's just as long as it's safe and it's currently not safe anywhere for that yeah. specific type of thing. But I will yeah. happily do the work. And as long yeah. as I, I do what I actually find satisfying at other hours, I don't care. That's the majority yeah. of people in the world. It is. It is. You're not always supposed to, to do everything you love at the same, like, or else you're not going to love it anymore. No, there is, you know, somebody, I've been baking a lot of bread over the course of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, oh, you should open up, like, you know, a side hustle bakery. And I was like, you know, the easiest way to kill a passion is to turn it into a business. Um, I think I want to keep bread as something that I really enjoy making for myself and my family and the people I care about. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it sounds kind of alluring. Ooh, I could have like a little nano bakery, you know, based on Instagram that I'd sell to my neighbors and whoever follows me on Instagram or whatever. But then also I'd have to be churning out like, you know, however many bowls of bread a week and the special kind of sense of ceremony and uh, escape that I got. Yeah. From you doing also that. know, we'd the, be totally gone. You also know the margins for when it comes to food and oh. how like slim those are. Do every time I think about, it, I'm like, Oh, maybe I could just do cookies. I can bang out cookies. And then you're like, how much am I going to make on cookies? Like, yeah. and then you're like, Oh, right. Jack shit. You yeah. know, like it's, I don't have the scale to do it. I don't have the, the manpower personally, the kitchen to do it, not in any meaningful way. You know, like if I wanted to make a hundred extra bucks a week, sure. Maybe, but even those all that, 100, bucks? 100 bucks no. a week, how many hours are you spending? Like, oh. are you making $10 an hour at that after costs? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I'd have to be, you know, like it's a, it's a time intensive process in terms of like, you know, making the, like not necessarily active, but time mm-hmm. in terms of like making the dough, chilling the dough, you know, scooping the dough, baking, cooling, packaging. I mean, that's a whole, you know, and my wife would not be excited to see no. a, uh, an assembly line from the kitchen to the living room, which is already crowded with, you know, <laughs> so many different, you know, makeshift workspaces. Yeah, that would not go over well. Um, and I don't blame her. <laughs> your life <laughs> probably changed more dramatically than most everyone I've spoken with. You were one of the few people that has not moved. Um, nope. You're the fifth or sixth person I've talked to. Half of them have moved. And uh, wow. you're the first person I've talked to that has a child that's in primary school. Um, yeah. Did, did you, are you hopeful right now? We are recording this on Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Are you hopeful? I am. Okay. I feel like there is a, finally a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is not an oncoming train. Yeah. I feel like by this summer, there's a good chance that my family will be able to safely go somewhere for summer camp with other members of our extended family. Yeah. I feel like by this fall, hopefully by Labor Day, I will be able to travel. That's yeah. those are my two goals that I feel like certainly not last year, certainly not if Trump had been elected, reelected, that I feel like are honest to goodness, not pie in the sky visions that can come to pass. Um, will there be differences to both those circumstances, masking, social distancing, you know, endless hand washings and sanitizings? Yes. But will we be able to do them in some form that resembles the form that we originally loved them? Also, yes. And so I do I do feel really, really hopeful. Um, and 
I, I hope that other people feel the same way um, because we've all been in this for so long that the, if you don't have hope at this point, you know, uh, I know that I've gone through periods of depression and, and, and just kind of insane frustration, like unimaginable frustration. Uh, and if you don't have hope at this point, I imagine you're going to be pretty feeling pretty crushed to the nib um, and with not much left to give. And that hope is what's kind of bringing me back to life at this point. So uh, I'm clinging to it and I don't think in a kind of, I'm clinging to it in a way that I don't think is unrealistic. Did you attempt to hide or mask that depression or frustration from your son or was it in the open? Um, You know, I wouldn't say that I like went into it in great detail with him all the time, but sometimes usually in the moments when I was explaining to him why what he was feeling was totally um, normal mm-hmm. and, and, and totally understandable given the circumstances, I would reflect to him that it was also hard for me and that it was also depressing for me. And it was also frustrating for me. And it was also sad for me to, you know, not see friends and not spend time with family and, you know, not be able to go out, you know, to, for work dinners, you know, like he went out to school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't just like both my wife and I would try not to like just bitch and moan about the day to day. You know, sometimes we get frustrated and, you know, for saying like, you have to clean up your clothes. Like, you know, dude, do you see all the things we're doing? We're all locked in this house. Like we're doing the laundry three times a week. We're doing, you know, cooking 21 meals a week for the most part. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes it would come out in a moment of, like that. But for the most part, we tried to like, you know, be honest about it when he asked and also be honest about ourselves when we were talking to him about what he was feeling. Um, but, you know, it's not like we sat around singing Kumbaya and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, lighting, uh, you know, sage and like chanting and being like, oh, this is great. You know, like, we're, you know, we're going to get through this. Like, we're realistic about it. But um, we did we did try to keep, uh, you know, keep our eyes on the, the things that we're very grateful for, which there are many and uh, the things that bring us joy, which there are many. Um, and uh, make sure that uh, he knew that there always was those things in his life, despite all the other, you know, despite the shitstorm that was swirling everywhere else. It's almost it's a pointless hypothetical, but let's say you're doing this at your age without a child. Do you think mm-hmm. you'd be as depressed or as frustrated, or you'd just be like, ah, whatever? Uh, you know, funnily enough, when all this started, and I can't remember if I said this to you when we last spoke, but, you know, when this started and people's estimation of it was so much shorter, I was like, God, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to be baking and yeah. watching movies that I haven't seen in years or have wanted to watch and reading books and stuff. You know, that obviously did not prove to be the case. I've worked harder because of all the kind of upkeep and housework that needs to be done on top of everything else. Uh, I go to bed later usually and get up usually earlier than I used to, which is saying something. Um, cause I already used to get up pretty early. Um, so, and to be honest, when I've talked to my single friends, especially my single friends who don't have a partner, mm-hmm. it has not been easy for them. Yeah. It has been really, really difficult. Um, you know, I have, you know, heard from some couples that don't have kids. Like I know some people that traveled extensively, mostly, you know, domestically, like got a camper or, you know, outfitted a van or something like that and took off across the country and, They've really enjoyed it, um, you know, and have found a lot of excitement and discovery in that. Um, I wouldn't say it would probably be easier, you know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's always easier 
in the sense that you don't feel the responsibility or have the caring to do. But I, my son, on the flip side, like my son is such a source of, of joy yeah. and uh, happiness for me that, uh, you know, he's really kept me afloat sometimes because, you know, I want to make sure that I'm operating at top capacity for him. And, um, and, you know, and I love doing everything from, you know, the outdoor walks to the, the bedtime read to, you know, making him food that he loves. Like I really do take so much pleasure in that. Um, and he, and yeah, and you know, sometimes, you know, this with a kid, sometimes they'll just do something or say something um, or express something. If it's just like a random hug or something that they didn't know you needed it, mm-hmm. but you really, really needed it. And you might not have even recognized that you needed it, but like, it'll just turn things around 180 degrees. And there have been so many times my son's done that, you know, like, you know, I can't even count the times. And, you know, I'll go from having like a shitty day to having like a pretty damn good day mm-hmm. in a heartbeat and uh, and sometimes even a spectacular day. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, that's a that's a good question. But I'd be interested to hear what people say that you talk to who are either completely single uh, or, yeah. God forbid, trying to Zoom date and stuff uh, over the course of the pandemic. Those are the stories that would be, I'm sure, are really interesting. And then the people that are a couple but don't have kids. Um, in their lives. I'd be interested to know like what their answer is to that. One of those people they're engaged and they moved from New York to Kentucky and they have a house now and it's a six bedroom house and they're not having kids. They're not planning to have kids. And that blows my mind. Wow. Is this because they plan on hosting a lot of friends once the pandemic? They just never. She doesn't want kids. Period. And um, no, I mean the big house. The big house was like, well, we just spent the last X amount of years in a small, cramped Brooklyn apartment, and now we could afford a a six bedroom house for literally forty percent of what we were paying in rent. Screw it, we're getting the six bedroom house. Dude, sometimes when I look at house prices around the country that are not in major metropolitan areas, I'm just like. Wait, we could get that? Yeah, that? but you got to live Oh, my there. gosh. And then you're like, oh, right, but you are in the middle of nowhere, or relatively in terms of job opportunities, cultural yeah. opportunities. Well, that's the thing. People visiting you, opportunities, whatever. Will your Does your wife have to go to court ever? No, she does not. She is a discovery attorney, so she does not appear. In so court. in she theory, couldn't she that. work and live anywhere? Well... Uh, she could, except that now they are already talking about what it looks like once they start going back to Got work. It. Okay. And uh, and there will always be a an in office component to what they do. Got um, it. Some of the and they're actually debating that now, like whether you choose to essentially work remotely, but you still have to come in one day a week, or whether you choose to come in most of the week and get a one day to work remotely. Yeah. Kind of a thing that those figures may change, but I mean, yeah, they are. So, but there's not any instance at least not for her firm where they would allow her to be 100 percent remote at least not for the type of work she does maybe there's other positions sure like document review which routinely gets outsourced to other countries much less uh, other places in america I, I, the only reason i ask is if you could live anywhere where would you live at this point oh in time God, man. man that's a great question um you know i think you know strangely enough part of me would say central new york where my mother and Mm -hmm. uh in-laws live uh just to give my son time with them but i don't think it would be complimentary to my life my wife or my lifestyle or kind of needs socially or culturally or anything else um you know 
I'm, I prefer to kind of have like a pretty mellow home base. Uh, you know, like I think Silver Spring, the DC area is great because it's so rich, but it's also in terms of like cultural and social and, and um, professional opportunities, but it's also the kind of place where you can easily go out in the countryside yeah. or you can fly anywhere in the world really easily. Um, you know, I, and the, the wealth of kind of interesting people and, and friends, of course, that we have at this point is, is like so high. Um, it's, it's hard to beat. I mean, DC really is, this area is like just such a gem. Um, you know, we have not talked ever like seriously of moving. We did move up to back to central New York for a couple of months last summer when my father was in hospice. Yeah. So that we could spend time with him and, uh, be with, uh, you know, our parents and in-laws and, with his grandparents and like there were cousins that came in and out of the picture sometimes so that was great um but you know through all this like we've not been one of those people that have been like hey let's move to italy um you know i think we really love our life and our social circle and everything here um you know it would be really nice to go if we could be remote to like go somewhere warm in the winter uh that just because i get so depressed during the sure the dark months um like maybe met somewhere in Mexico. My mother spends three months a year, usually not this year, of course, in San Miguel de Allende, which, you know, when we visited, we've always loved, or Oaxaca, when we visited, we've always loved, especially at this time of year. Um, or, you know, one of the Hawaiian islands, um, we've gotten a real kick out of visiting Oahu and the big island, and uh, they both have a lot to offer. Um, but, uh, but no, we haven't had any, like, we haven't been like one of those people one of those families that's like, Hey, you know, let's move somewhere crazy sure. as we can. Uh, we know friends that have done that. And like, you know, kids that are even in my son's school, like, you know, and the kid simulcasts into the classroom every day. Oh, so that's interesting. Stay. So they stayed in the yeah, same school. They, yeah. Cause I think they plan on moving back once this is all. Oh, over. Okay, okay. 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 This presents an opportunity to live in another culture for a set period of time and get that experience, get the language immersion, get the cultural immersion. That's kind of uh, cool. But not lose weight. And then, and then maybe, I, I don't know what their deal is. Like, I don't know if they've bought the home and then they plan on, you know, making money by Airbnb being it, or if they're just renting and they're going to come back. But uh, I did, I did, you know, if, if my wife's was more, job was more like, if she felt more confident doing the remote thing, like, I think we would have probably talked about it. Um, but even now they want people, in the u.s on eastern standard time yeah you know so that the office runs you know as close to normal as possible even though it's so not close to normal <laughs> yeah. so yeah what's the one thing you're looking forward to doing oh my god i mean definitely travel i mean yeah. i've already hopefully plotted out a trip for labor day of this year and where uh seward alaska so okay uh the idea is to take the train up from Anchorage uh, and then spend a week up there and do um, some of the national parks that are up there, see the glaciers. Could I uh, maybe go out in the wilderness? Make a quick yeah. observation here. You may. Less than a minute ago, uh, you uh, told me about something that's very, very common, and that's uh, feeling depressed uh, later mm -hmm. in the winter. So when it's still nice outside you're when it's start, just starting to get chill you're like oh i need to go to one of the coldest places in the country as soon as possible well to be fair seward alaska at that time of year is actually not that cold it's like okay. 40s like low 40s yeah but you could just stay here and it'd be like <laughs> low 50s yeah but this is going to be in september so it'll be the end of summer so it's actually going to be a nice change from the sweaty 
you know, inner oh, okay. thigh, drippy, you know, uh, DC swampy weather. See, I think um, we're not going to feel that way this year. I'm completely serious. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think we're going to feel? I think that we're going to feel okay with that swampiness simply because we have gone through the winter where we couldn't go to things like indoor <laughs> restaurants safely. Right. Right. That I think by 2022, yeah, we'll be sick of it again, but this year will be the one year everyone's like, okay with the swamp. That's entirely possible, man. I mean, I know we're going to look forward to being outside more often. Uh, I'm really looking forward to spring. Zephyr and I went morel mushroom hunting last year a lot during the spring and ramp hunting. And that was so much fun. That's something I'd had a chance to do for stories before, Mm -hmm. but never had a chance to do just as, you know, a passionate forager myself. And uh, he got a real kick out of it. And I did too. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to when spring really starts to break. Um, it's like when you're in the heart of summer, though, and it's just like the oppressive heat and you're walking around and you're, you know, you leave the house and you know me, man, I wear a lot of black mm-hmm. and, you know, it's it's what I feel comfortable in. It's not what's great for sun refre- reflection. <laughs> I... and so, you know, no matter what nice, you know, undershirt you're wearing, you know, at some point you're going to start spotting. Uh, and even long before that, you're just going to be like, I feel the water collecting in my socks. You know, I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. Now. <laughs> but I'm also fine with the cold. Like I, yeah, I just want the interaction, man. I just yeah, want no, no. I'm with you. I'm the with interaction you. with other people, and I think people will sit outside with me once my kid goes to bed in yeah. 80 degree temperatures versus like 10. Well, I got to tell you, we were we. My wife had gotten me a fire pit mm-hmm. a couple years ago for a birthday present, and we used it a little bit, but we used it a lot this year. Yeah. And we got to the point where we felt comfortable having people over, you know, seats more than six feet apart around the bonfire late into the year. I think the last one we hosted was like November, you know, like four people at a time. You know, oh, like we have, not, I have the exact same thing, but I'm still you know, doing it. Oh wow, man. Yeah. It got too cold. It got. To, it might be warmer. It might be warm enough now, actually, that we could restart. So um, it's not. It's not a really even oh. about the temperature. And we're doing one tomorrow night, and I'm already regretting it because it's going to be 38, and that's fine. But the, anytime Ooh. the winds are more than 10 miles an hour, yeah, and that's what the problem is. So what I've done is I've made our yard look horrible. I have a bunch of twine, and um, I moved a giant flower pot. So I have a system where I have curtains essentially. Ah. So I have oh. curtains for two of the four, in theory, like exposed walls, right? And then yep. another quote unquote wall is a staircase. So you're really only getting wind from one direction. Oh. Okay. So even if that one direction, because we're sort of the whole yard is sla- is like slanted downward, you're not it, it there's a reason why I have that as the exposed uh wall. Yeah. Huh. That actually yeah. makes it where like you don't really feel it until unless you leave the little like fake room I've made and then you're like oh my god this is doing a lot yeah that's interesting so we have a backyard and I hadn't thought about putting up windbreaks um, and if we did it would you know like you said probably make things look pretty ugly I'm not sure if my wife would want that um, oh yeah th- these you know, I only I, I wreck them and I take them down the same night ah okay so okay. yeah that's what I, I just use twine and it's around like a giant 80 year old tree and the yeah, yeah. house and the flower pot so that way it's not a per it's definitely not permanent whatsoever got it and what do you what 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 forms the actual wall is it like a like plastic sheeting no i use curtains 
And so the curtains like are really curtains. only so the curtains. The whole point of it is because we have like a little couch area and like a little table, not table, oh. sorry, and a little bench area. So I put it directly in front of the bench and directly behind the sorry behind the bench and in front of the um, the wood bench. So, or, so like the idea is you're not getting the wind from behind you if you're on the couch and you're not getting the wind from the other side of the fence if you're on the wooden bench. Got it. Huh. Okay. Wow. That's that's a good idea. I should think about that. Um, we've definitely taken our backyard game up a couple of notches. I have a outdoor pizza oven now, a mobile outdoor pizza oven that we set up on the back porch. And now, uh, is it a propane tank situation? Yeah, it 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 can alternate between wood and gas, but you have to make the decision before you start cooking Got which it. one you want. I've just used propane because, to be honest, it takes about thirty. 40 minutes for it to get up to around 900 degrees. That's so crazy. Dude. I mean, we honestly are now eating maybe not Stellina level, but close to Stellina level kind of Neapolitan style pizza. Do you store it inside? Do I store what inside the pizza oven? So no, we put up a kind of one of those, um, we put up a tent over the back porch, mm. uh, like a tailgating tent, yeah, yeah. which unfortunately has crumpled a little bit because there was some ice buildup on it one day. But yeah, so we put it up underneath that on a table. And then there's a cover that you do put on the pizza oven. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, it's been great. It hasn't really gotten wet. hasn't gotten any snow on it. And uh, we just leave it out there. And then, you know, the dough that I'm making takes about four hours yeah. to, to, you know, proof and get ready. And so like, Usually every Friday or weekend day, we'll, we'll, we'll make pizza. And uh, it's been a long process. Like I only just recently found the crust that really works best. Um, shout out to uh, Jake Adio, uh, DC chef, who, who helped by sharing that recipe. But um, anyway, yeah, man, that, that's been a real, that's been like getting that level of pizza has been really nice and like homemade bread has been really nice too mm-hmm. um but that's just done in a dutch oven in the regular oven so um but yeah the, i mean dude having the backyard has been a real benefit i mean i've got a, a garden out there that i yeah. really threw myself that i've always you know done last year was even funnily enough like i was so into it last year of course and then we left for two months yeah uh <laughs> and so we had someone come and water it but i didn't get to take advantage of the of the harvests as much as i would have liked but that's the way it is man that's the way it is i will hopefully if you're if you're okay smelling like a fire pit you're clearly welcome to come over quite any pretty much very soon um in theory next week would work out really well well dude let 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 me know when you feel comfortable i definitely feel uh comfortable you know kind of like in safe distanced uh outdoor situations and uh i never mind smelling like a fire pit man like that's uh that that to me like to be honest, like the fire pit has been such a lifesaver too, because it got so quiet last year, especially, you know, even in the summer, like it was so quiet. We're right. We're a few blocks away from 16th street and there's a tree break and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, there were nights when we had the fire pit going, when if you were just looking at the flames and then looking up, you wouldn't be able to tell that you were in a backyard outside of a major urban area. I mean, it, it was quiet enough. It was calm enough. Um, that it kind of felt like you were, you know, if not backwoods camping, at least out at a campsite somewhere and, you know, the Maryland suburbs, you know, it, 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 it really was transportive. Um, 
and since I was yearning like so many of us to be somewhere else, at least for a little while, uh, that kind of scratched that itch to some degree. Um, so yeah, man, bring in the wood smoke. I'm down. We'll make s'mores. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family. I'll be.